Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is Tyler Lockett, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, and joining me today, you can't believe it, it's Byron Lambert, co-founder at Roster Watch. Been, been working behind the scenes, doing a bunch of stuff. Byron, what the hell's going on, brother? Man, just staying on task and uh, enjoying a little springtime weather. Trying to get you guys out here, man. I don't know if it's going to happen or not. Yeah, well, but, no, right. I talked to <laughs> I talked to the wife about it. They, they, that's the thing. Byron lives out on Byron lives out on a nice uh, island uh, on, in, on the sun coast of Florida, and I want to get out. But the problem is, my six year old daughter is crazy about Florida. She just thinks she talks about the places she wants to go in the world, and she wants to go to Hawaii, and she wants to go to Australia, and she wants to go to Florida. And so if it, it's really hard for me to get away and get to Florida, like on a business trip, if my daughter's not involved. So we're we're trying to, trying to work through that. I, w- I wouldn't want to break her little heart. I'm trying to think about a way to get the maybe get the family out there and turn this into some sort of uh, two for one sort of trip. So we're still 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 working on putting all that together. But I guarantee you, we'll get it done. That'll be for an awesome. We'll have our rankings summit and we'll have all the dynasty stuff and that'll be a great time to do it you know i'd be more excited about having her out than you guys out <laughs> probably man well she she certainly loves well, her uncle byron yeah I um, too, man. um all right so a couple things to get to first if you're listening to this and you are a regular listener to the podcast if you could please give us a rating and a review in apple podcasts uh it would mean a lot to us um thank you to everybody that's been rating and reviewing recently we do appreciate it we're trying to keep the content here flowing and keep it good and a rating and review always helps byron so we had the two roto underworld versus roster watch rookie drafts the 2021 rookie dynasty drafts and in both of those drafts you were berated by our good friend the pod father <laughs> for taking kyle pitts at a pro- at a point that he t- said was too early Kyle Pitts today go, goes ahead and decides to blaze a four four and six foot four, almost two hundred and sixty pounds. What do you make of all this? Yeah, he's nasty, man. I think he looks like a giant Plaxico Burris at the tight end position. That is even faster at that speed, to tell you the truth. Um, 
to me, he's just when you look at it, he's just a rare one of these rare, rare birds, man. He's a rare elite talent, and so that's gonna very very clear to me. That's gonna force him way up the draft board in the NFL, and we know that draft capital is very important when it comes to our rookie picks, our dynasty picks. So that's what I had in mind. I mean, it sounds to me like he's almost surely a lock to go top 10. We're hearing Atlanta, Dallas. I mean, either of those places would be monster landing spots for Pitts uh, right out of the gate as a rookie. So I, I, I like him, man. I mean, I know he's not a perfect guy, like in terms of the mold of the blocker everybody wants, but you know, like, like like Solomon Wilcott said on NFL Network yesterday, like him and Charles Davis – you don't hear anybody fretting about Travis Kelsey not like getting in there enough to block and all this kind of stuff. Like you're bringing in Pitts because he's a matchup nightmare and a game changer. So I think he's a super exciting prospect and very pleased where where we team roster watch selected him in, in those mocks so far. You can find recaps of those two dynasty rookie mock drafts over at rosterwatch.com or Great contributor, Alan Seslowski, did some videos and some written content for those uh, where you can see those drafts and see how the members of the Roster Watch team fared versus the members of the Roto Underworld team. Um, just looking at the draft, Byron, it's interesting. So it, right, so let, let's just look at the, the new top 10, okay? Because you mentioned um, the Falcons. So the Falcons at four, the Cowboys at 10. And then there's this new news, right, with – with the 49ers I, and I just I mean talk about talk about another guy that you were in on maybe maybe being a little ahead of the curve with Mac Jones at the senior bowl like Byron bought in whole hog at that time said on this podcast there was going to be nobody higher than him on Mac Jones it could be it could be the Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are higher than you because I don't think that you would have traded away three three first round picks right three total first round picks and a third to trade up to this number three pick. And then Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch didn't even attend Justin Fields pro day. They go to Mac Jones pro day. It feels like the, you know, we had the Peter King had the news piece in his I believe it was the Monday morning. Not the, what is that? What's it called now? The Monday morning in football or something like that, or football morning in America or something. It used to be the MMQB. It's Peter King's NBC, you know, 5,000 word weekly think piece and update um, where there was news in there about possibly, you know, the Mac Jones connection. What do you think, man? Um, so we're looking, it, it, it does feel like Trevor Lawrence, for sure, number one to the Jags. Number two is looking more and more like it's going to be Zach Wilson to the Jets. And then 49ers moving up to number three, presumably they, they've said there's three guys they're happy with. I would assume that that would mean Trevor Lawrence, uh, Zach Wilson, and is it Mac Jones? Do, do, you, do, do you feel like it's Mac Jones? He's certain that – now, here's the reason why I think it could make sense. Because if you're making that trade right now on a team that's built like the 49ers is built right now, you probably want a quarterback who can come in right now and who can play right now because otherwise, what are you doing? Giving up, giving up all these first round picks on a team that is a contender right now. It's not like you would do that for a developmental guy who you want to keep on the bench. Right. And so when you look at fields and you look at Trey Lance, I'm not sure how close you've looked at Lance yet. You, you know, I've been texting you like crazy about him. 
as much as I like that guy, he feels like he's a developmental prospect. We The one thing we kept saying about Mac Jones at the Senior Bowl is he just looks ready. He looks like if you wanted to drop him in somewhere, he could automatically be a baseline-level NFL quarterback. Uh, how do you see this at three? Do you think it's Mac Jones, and do you feel sick about it? <laughs> um, you know, the tells seem to be the attendance of the Alabama Pro Day. Mm-hmm. The idea of win now. You hear Daniel Jeremiah come out and, you know, he gives a little credence to the idea that Chris Sims knows Kyle Shanahan very well. You know that, Alex. Those well, guys. They have tattoos <laughs> of each other's names on their ankles. <laughs> uh, so Sims seems to think it's probably for Mac Jones. Now you got to assume they'll probably they got to be bringing Justin doing some kind of private workout. With I Justin forgot. Fields. I forgot that Sims is adamant that it's Mac Jones too. That's true. Sims, but the, uh, yeah. The other tell is they made the trade before the Justin Fields pro day. Like if it was possibly for Fields, wouldn't would you potentially have just wanted to wait a little bit longer to see what happened with his pro day? So I, there is a lot of smoke. For me, if there is going to be one person that's more excited about Mac Jones, it, I would have wanted it to be Kyle Shanahan. It makes you look smart. <laughs> well, and it just seems like a very, very, very good potential fit stylistically. I'm a little suspicious that you could take Mac Jones at three just, just because, to be fair, and I haven't certainly haven't finished my evaluations of the quarterbacks, but from everything I can tell, Alex, I mean, from a pre-draft perspective uh, this appears like on paper it's going to be the most talent rich quarterback class that at least in several years I mean that I can remember I mean the one that you start to compare this to is like okay you had five first round picks in 18 with Baker and Darnold and Rosen and Allen and then Lamar Jackson who went all the way to the end at round one I mean the thing that surprises me so far looking at this quarterback class is not only the physical stature of these guys and the physical capabilities, they've all got nice arm strength, but usually you look down at one of these guys' stats and you get nervous because he had, you know, maybe a a concerning completion percentage in college, maybe like a Josh Allen, you know, those kind of concerns we had back then. Man, you just take a look at the stats. Every one of these guys was like a 65 70% some higher than 70% passer. So at least at a cursory level, it's like, man, these are all big dudes with guns. They can all move. And at least at the college level, at a surface review, they're they're accurate. So it is a deep class. It would surprise me a little bit. I said Mac Jones is a top 10 guy. If he goes to three, that it's a little bit wild when you've got these other quarterbacks that have that that element of mobility. So certainly this is going to be one of the very fun narratives to watch. It's going to tell us a lot about Kyle Shanahan. It's going to tell us a lot about the Niners. And I just going to be very interesting to see how these teams evaluate these guys. This, you know, if it's me right now, I mean, it is very difficult to ignore that 444 that Justin Fields ran at Pro Day, man. Yeah, man. Um, so what's going to happen with Fields? Because so let's just let's just pretend that go let's pretend this thing pops off the board and it's Byron's wet dream and it's and it's Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones at number three to the San Francisco 49ers who traded up to this spot to cherry pick their exact player that they've identified and that they've paid dearly for. 
right? Okay, so at four, we have the Falcons who have – they have a quarterback need, right? They have a quarterback need. Um, I think they what, should take Kyle Pitts, man. They got Matt Ryan, run him out for a few more years. I would love to see them put Pitts in there at tight end in that offense. Uh, but, well, but, you know, they can – you don't think somebody might trade? You you don't think the Falcons could be could be interested in maybe trading down? I think that look if the Bengals if the Bengals seem more like a team that would entertain trade down offers, I think the Bengals look like they're they'd probably be in a right spot to trade down, especially a team like the Panthers, the Broncos. Uh, one of these teams had just fallen in love with one the Patriots. I know it doesn't seem likely that they would trade up, but you know, Lord knows that they're in need. If one of these teams was really fell in love with one of these guys, I could see it being a trade down spot. But yeah, I think the Kyle Pitts would probably probably make sense there. With the well, that big- makes more sense, trade back and get Pitts. Let one of these other guys come up for, you know, one of those couple of quarterbacks that are still hanging out there. I think that actually makes that makes perfect sense. Alex. The the Bengals at five could trade down. Do you think that the Bing or it could be that the Bengals at five? There's been all the smoke that they're saying, dude, we're just gonna pair. We're going to pair up um, Joe Burrow with his, you know, just his college connection, Jamar Chase. We're going to reestablish that. We're going to get Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. We're going to have this thing high flying. We'll get Jonah Williams back. Um, oh, which offensive lineman did the Bengals sign? The, the Bengals signed a, a pretty decent offensive lineman, which made me think that I didn't think they should necessarily take it off the table. But, um, I'll, I'll 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 look it up whenever you're giving your thoughts. But how how would you feel about um, the Giants possibly taking a, a Jamar Chase there? Would that would would you think that would hurt T Higgins? Would you like that for Joe Burrow? And there's been this the talk, you know, Daniel Jeremiah and B- Bucky Brooks said on their podcast that maybe the the offensive tackle Penny Sewell from Oregon might be uh, more of a darling of draft media than he is from the actual NFL teams. But to me, it was like, man, if you want to help Joe Burrow, get him more offensive line. If I had to make a mock draft right now, that's what I would mock to them. But of course, you know, we, we have to continue to look for the smoke screens and keep reading the tea leaves. What do you think is going to happen there at, 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 at five? Or yeah, what would I you mean, like to see happen? I would, would like you hate Chase? See, I would like to see them stand pat and take the offensive tackle. If, if, if Sewell really does have the high grade that, you know, it seems that you know most people have given him to this point. It sounds like there's been some doubt cast upon that recently. But if that ultimately, if he grades as a top offensive tackle in the class and you know a top ten guy, I think the Bengals should just stand pat and take him. They gotta protect their quarterback. We can't have Joe Burrow be the next Andrew Luck, where he's just a generational, sensational young talent that's just devastated by horrible injuries and getting hit way too often at a, at a, at a young age. It's a, it's, it's, that's what I'd like to see them do. Would Jamar Chase be there? Cool there. Yeah. I think it'd be cool. I, I would certainly not like it for T Higgins. The fact that that's a subject for discussion kind of concerns me a little bit about T Higgins that they don't see him as a pure alpha that they were number one yeah Yeah, to me i was like came out of last season man higgins looks like such a stud i'm surprised they're even thinking about going wide receiver so it'll be interesting to see you know like if that rumor is has any truth to it or not but um i think the Bengals should do the right thing and look out for their young quarterback coming off the knee injury and 
they need to invest in that offensive line. So the Dolphins, whenever they made their initial move down, there was the it was sort of a three way, some kind of some kind of three three way maneuver involving um, involving uh, Howie Roseman and the Philadelphia Eagles, wherever the Dolphins were able to get from twelve back up to six. So clearly, there's somebody that they target. But what? Uh, who's the G, who's the Flores and who's the GM Greer? What, I think what Chris Greer had in mind was like, look, I don't need to be at three because I'm not taking a quarterback, right? But I need to be up at six because I'd like to take one of say, let's just say three. We know at least three quarterbacks are going off the board, right? And at four, another quarterback could go off the board, right? So he's if he's up at six, he's thinking to himself, okay, at the very worst, three quarterbacks off the board. That leaves. You, from what you would think, Devontae Smith pairing back up with Tua, Jamar Chase, or probably Kyle Pitts, right? All these kinds of weapons that could help the Dolphins. Um, do you think? Do you do you kind of think that's sort of the, what, what I see going down with that? As I'm trying to kind of wrap my head around how the top of this first round could possibly go. Do you do you buy that? Would you like to see Devontae Smith? be reunited with Tua? Do you think they're completely out of the quarterback market right now and they're depending on Tua? Do you think that they might not look at Pitts because they have got they have a guy like Gasicki who's a young athletic kind of tight end? What do you think about this? Yeah, I was wondering about that earlier if Pitts is off the table for them because of Gasicki. And my gut is probably he is. That said, I like the concept of trying to surround your young quarterback with talented players to help him succeed and you know one thing we've learned over the years if the chatter around a team is about some certain position or you know players a lot of times there's a little bit of truth to that so it makes sense uh that that could happen on the other hand they retained Devonte parker they signed will fuller even though i know that's kind of a short-term deal so i don't see wide receiver as a necessity they've still got preston williams yeah, I mean, why not? They, why couldn't they go offensive line? You know, I think they are off. Alex, you, I know you monitor that very closely at Roster Watch every year. I feel like the Dolphins' offensive line ended up playing pretty well last year. I don't want to say something I regret right now, um, but it, you know that that was certainly if one of the tackles. I know they're saying the other one was what is it? Rashawn Slater is like thirty-three inch arms. People mm-hmm. are a little worried it could be a Robert Gallery. You have to kick inside or uh-huh. move over to right tackle at some point. But I mean, you know, if 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 one of the two tackles are there, you know, uh, can help the Dolphins of offensive line. I, I'm always for that, dude. I mean, with especially these young quarterbacks. Do, uh, and speaking of offensive line, it was it was a one year deal for Riley Reef to the for, to the to the Bengals. That was what, what I was trying to think about. So presumably, if you get Jonah Williams and and that guy both, um, you might be pretty well set for this year. Uh, I, I I guess I haven't monitored Riley Reef recently with how good he's 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 been or how effective he's been based on the fact that it's a one year deal that um, is pretty mediocre as far as money for the, for the tackle market. Um, maybe, you know, Riley reef could be, uh, could be starting to digress a little bit. There's also the, there's or re, re, regress a little bit. There's also the fact that, you know, this salary cap this year is just so weird. Sometimes people are having to take these short deals. I'll, uh, I'll, uh, will fuller and just hope to make more money next time. Well, um, you asked me too about Devonta Smith versus chase there. I mean, it seems pretty evident that chase will be the first 
wide receiver off the board. But, you know, I wonder when you've got a player like Parker and there is the connection at Alabama, does Smith make – is he a better fit? Maybe two is not going to stand on the table for him because Devontae Smith and Jaden Waddle have both said that Mac Jones is better than Tua. <laughs> that hurts bad to hear if you're Tua, I think. Uh, it's seven. It, this could be the, – the, the Lions, couldn't the Lions be an epic – spot for somebody to trade up for if one of these quarterbacks is still around fields fields lance you know feels like a good spot that maybe somebody could trade up but if not i think the lions would take a quarterback themselves that invested in jared goff hey maybe they could take i guess i haven't thought much about a quarterback to detroit but that makes i'm a little bit of a goff guy you know maybe more than average i don't mean i don't but I don't. To me, no. I think it makes on the sense. books for a few years, man. That's like it might be the perfect time to take a, one of these a new, guys. a new, completely new front office, completely new head coach. Yeah. You know, like maybe that could make sense. Um, but the 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 Panthers would hate it. But I think the Panthers, whoever's left over between a Trey Lance and a Justin Fields, let's say if this thing fell out like that, I think the Panthers would be happy as can be to probably take that other quarterback, right? Oh, sure, sure, sure. This turned into a thing where it looked like they had a lock for their guy a month or two ago, and they're probably thinking they got to trade up or something here pretty soon if there's somebody that they're really married to. The Broncos, uh, the Broncos. Probably wouldn't make a move. Yeah, because you see the Broncos making a move for quarterback. Yet you got you got. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, I it's think, a, yeah. If one of those guys slides, wouldn't it? Would it, would it wouldn't it be funny if um, the minute that John Elway gets out, the and the new GM picks his first quarterback, and that quarterback turns out to be a smash after all the trouble John Elway. Had. <laughs> well, he's kind of did that to himself, I guess. I mean, I'd still like to see a little more out of Drew Locke, you know, but I just not sure he's going to go the Josh Allen, Justin Herbert route. I'm not even sure you're going to get Carson Wentz out of that guy. And then for the Cowboys, I think that they would just be happy that, um, you know, they would probably, I don't know how they're going to evaluate, um, how they're going to evaluate uh, Patrick Sertan. Versus the the uh, what's the South Carolina kid J J C Horn Joe 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 Horn's kid after his just fire breathing pro day performance that was one of the best and basically the best in history, um, but I think that the Cowboys there at ten probably would probably would look def- def- defensive back and they probably have their choice of a couple good ones. That makes sense. It seems like a big area in need. You know, it'd be interesting to look at the state of the Cowboys' offensive line after last year when it was devastated. Start to realize Tyrone Smith's starting to get pretty long in the yeah, tooth. Yeah, but he's, he's still injured. good. He's still good. He Look, is still Lil good. Collins back, Zach Martin back. I mean, they're going to be they're going to be fine. And Zeke is going to bounce back. And that that you that's think a so? good. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think the offense is. I think Dak's going to be back. Pro Football Doc man, Doctor Chow says it's a lock. He says write it down in permanent marker. Dak starts Week One. For the Cowboys, I think that thing's gonna. I think that thing's gonna start off rolling, and uh, the, uh, with the offense that we saw last year, with as high powered as it was, yes, dude. I think Zeke is. I think Zeke's being undervalued right now, and like undervalued right now in these fantasy in these best ball drafts. I mean, you can get Zeke at the one-two turn, Byron. You can legit get him in like your with, with your first pick of round two. Sometimes people are taking guys like Aaron Jones or Cam Akers ahead of him. Yeah, well, he'll be a great late first round pick if that's where we can get him an even a, even I like a, the sound of that even a dynasty he's not even like he's not even that old Zeke Elliott 
is only what Zeke Elliott's only he's only going to be 26 this year. So you know he, he has a, good, a little a, cool on Zeke and Dynasty. I can see the read. I, I see the redraft argument clearly. It makes more sense the redraft argument, I think, than the Dynasty one. But that's interesting. You're bullish on both fronts there. That's I've been thinking Zeke might be a guy to start thinking about. Maybe there's a market to be had in Dynasty, depending on what side of the fence you're on. There's some people that think like you, and some people that think like me out there. I just worry, man. He's had the He's had the 400 touches, man. I know. That's, that's, that's just the, that's the mark. I mean, that's just. Well, so are you worried about Derrick Henry? Not quite yet because he didn't. Derrick Henry only got the touches, what, the last two years? Two. I mean, I his first was... two or three years, he did barely touch the football. So well, Zeke has had a big load since the day he got in the NFL. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Right. And Derrick Henry, technic- I don't think Derrick Henry technically had 400 touches and, last year and, in the and, regular season. But it, if, if you add on postseason, he had. He had and, a- and he's a different kind of physical freak than anybody else on the planet at that position. And just t- your eyeball test. test. Does Derrick Henry look anywhere close to slowing down? No. Well, I, I no, no. He just he he actually he's, he, he actually speeds up <laughs> he speeds up as time passes so yeah i don't know man uh but the fact is with derrick henry also you know he's i mean derrick henry's a year it's hard to believe that derrick henry's a year older than zeke elliott but he is yeah but um, he looks fresher out there yeah yeah he certainly does and you know the year before last even 2019 it's a huge breakout year for him we're only talking you know it's still a lot of touches 321 touches but it wasn't that 400 you know that 400 touches that we got from him this this last season. All right. Well, it was a good segue uh, talk going from the that impromptu draft discussion that we didn't even discuss before the show. We were supposed to we were supposed to talk about free agents. Uh, but what best and worst free agent kind of stuff or what did you want to talk about? I think we just said we'd maybe maybe do a little recap on free agency. So all right. You know, why was, don't you take one? Why don't you take the wheel and, and let's talk through it. Well, it wasn't a scintillating free agency period, right? No. Um, but I think when you go back and you look through what happened with some of the top free agents out there, a couple things stuck out to me. You know, the Bucks kept the band together. I still have an interesting take on Keyshawn Vaughn, and you saw the nugget come out from Bruce Arians about that this morning. That's going to be a three-way backfield this year. I didn't see the nugget. That's going to be a three-way backfield this year. So, okay. Um, but I like it for real, you know, foot. I like it for the Bucks that they kept that team together the way that they did. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the biggest free agent signing was Aaron Jones, probably back to Green Bay. I mean, that's a big deal, right? He's a yes. stud, fantasy stud. That's Especially a big now that Jamal Williams is gone, too. Jamal yeah, Williams to the Lions. It's a big deal. Um, I th- thought probably the most interesting – I think the guy I am most interested in post-free agency is Curtis Samuel. 
I really think that's an interesting signing there in Washington. Samuel has upside to be more than what he's been. You've seen the outbursts. So the question is that his size, can the consistency be there? I've seen him in camp, you know, and I've seen how it was Turner that intended to use him back in Carolina. I think that guy has a real chance, especially with somebody like possibly Fitzpatrick slinging it around. I uh, don't see a lot of other competition there really right behind Terry McLaurin. I mean, it's McLaurin and Samuel and Logan Thomas, Logan Thomas. I mean, and I, that's McKissick a good- doesn't and McKissick as we had the guy on from uh, Aaron from Hogs Haven two weeks ago, you said like, think about Fitzpatrick. He's, he's, he, he's not going to dump it off to McKissick and stuff. No. It's not going to be a, it's not going to be that kind of, that kind of operation out of old Fitz, out, 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 out of old Fitz magic. I think Curtis Sam will be a good, solid flex or maybe wide receiver three this year. We'll see where his ADP goes, but uh, I think that was in That one was consequential. The Kenyon Drake signing is consequential in Las Vegas. What the I fuck, just, man? What are they doing? They just don't like Josh Jacobs. They don't, they, they are abandoning their plan for Josh Jacobs. Like, what is it? What do you think uh-huh. it is? It's the same. Whatever kept him off the field at Alabama. You know, he's a he's a good he's a volume guy, right? And I don't think he has quite the burst and the juice. I mean, when you watch him, he's getting volume. He's he's got you know he he can break some tackles. I think PFF you'll see on contact. I think he's pretty good, but he's not a guy with a ton of burst, a ton of juice. Uh, you know. Everybody thought coming out that he was going to be a good receiver because he had big hands and what he did have on film. And Mayock talks openly, and Mayock and Gruden talked openly about it, how that was something that they keyed in on as a key aspect of his profile. It's it's a red herring. And the fact is Gruden has a long, long history of a thunder-lightning running back combination dating all the way back to his time with the Philadelphia Eagles, Ricky Waters and those guys. Uh, way back when on to Charlie Garner and Tyrone Wheatley and all those mm-hmm. dudes when he was in Oakland. So I, I think that's the way he he likes to play it. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a pretty big hit for Josh Jacobs. And it you know, reminds me of the other thing. You texted uh, me and the podfather the other day, and you said this is a bad running back class. And, you know, my first thought was, you know, is this is it worse than the Josh Jacobs you know, Miles Sanders, David Montgomery running back class. I mean, not that those turned out to be horrible players and we'd have to look down the list of that class, but that's not top shelf talent, not top shelf shelf talent. And uh, so uh, that was a thought I had uh, on that uh, subject when you reached out the other day about that. What, what um, is what about Chris Carson going back to Seattle? Yeah, I like, I think Carson going back to Seattle, certainly like, Pretty solid, helps. right? Yeah. Pretty it, solid it, for him. It helps him. Yeah, I think that's that's a good – I mean, he stays pretty fantasy relevant, right? Yeah, clearly. I mean, all right. So um, is there any other specific guys you want to hit on from free agency or can I ask you some best ball questions? No, because no, the, no, So, so I mean, do, who do you like better right now, Josh Jacobs or Chris Carson? With, with, with Kenyon Drake there, with Chris Carson, I mean, Chris Carson has been – Chris Carson's been good, right? Chris Carson in PPR points just in 2019, he averaged uh, 16 PPR points per game. In 2020, Chris, what did, what did Chris Carson average in 2020? I think it wasn't quite 16. 15.7 fantasy I, points per game. I think I would stick with Jacobs by a hair, and then ultimately, you know, we'll see what happens with offensive lines and strength of schedules and. 
ADPs? Yeah. That's a good question, though. Yeah. Well, I have them back-to-back on the best ball cheat sheet. You're saying right now – I mean, ADPs would dictate that I have Jacobs ahead of Carson. I you think, think so. that that's probably the best the best move for just right I, now? I think so. I think so. But what it tells you is if you remember, I mean, Carson last year was, what, a late round two, early round three pick by the time August rolled around. And Josh Jacobs was like a high round two, almost turn or late round one guy. So this is – you're seeing Josh Jacobs plummet at least around here instantly on the, uh, on the Kenya Drake signing. Would, would, if let's say you were picking at, uh, let's see where about where we're talking here. Um, let's say you're picking at the, say the three, four turn. Would you rather have Josh Jacobs in redraft or Julio Jones? And boy, how mighty have fallen. I, I think Jacobs, but it might depend on the construct of my team at that point. It's tough, right? Uh, jo- jo- Josh Jacobs or Terry McLaurin? With with I'm with this magic, McLaurin. Okay, so I got this thing priced in just right right now. <laughs> um, what about one? An, an, uh, and just and also quickly, Chris Carson, Josh Jacobs. Not necessarily that they belong in a tier below these guys, but I'm just. Do you like Clyde edwards Lair better than either one? I think in any kind of PPR format, I take my chances on Clyde over those dudes. What about James Robinson and David Montgomery? I mean, are we really talking about an Andy Dalton, David Montgomery? Yeah, with Tariq Cohen back. Allen I mean, Robinson, Darnell Mooney, Anthony Miller offense. Yeah. Jimmy Graham. Is that what we're really talking about? With Matt cool Nagy, at the, Matt cool Nagy at the helm. That's a clown car. That's an epic oh. clown car of an offense. It's, uh, I think you got to be very, very careful about getting in. I think you got to be careful about getting two in on Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, Montgomery is. Do you I like ETN? I, Do you like ETN better than Montgomery in, in redraft, side unseen as far as landing spot? No, not yet. Not yet. Would I take Montgomery? Who was it? Montgomery, Clyde, and who was the other one you were asking about? James, there? James Robinson, who's who's dodged bullets pretty well so far with the Urban Meyer free agent yeah, spending spree. I, I think you probably think about taking your t- chances on James Robinson. Mm-hmm. And I think it probably Robinson, Montgomery, Clyde. You know, with uh, with the situation where as we start to trend, you know, the full point PPR, you start to thinking about sliding Clyde up. Najee Harris ahead of all those guys, right? Should be. Should okay. be. Um, all right. You, you mentioned Curtis Samuel, so I figure we could just kind of touch on him too. like to see sort of where I have him and what. Okay, so I have him too low. I need to move up Curtis Samuel. Um, t- tell me whenever there's somebody who you could – because I just know he's too low because I see these players around him. So you like him better than um, Mike Williams going back to the Chargers, right? You like him better than – what about t- – tell me when there's a guy you don't like him better than. Devontae Smith, um, Debo Samuel, uh, Odell Beckham, um, Jamar Chase, Jerry Judy. I, mean, I think right there in that Ob- Odell – Debo range is what about Marquise Brown? 
I mean, I think to me, I'm, it's I'm like, starting. It I'm like starting you're to get a little bit high. You're a little bit high on Odell and Marquise Brown, and I mean, look, the, I, these are whenever it's whenever it gets down to this to 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 this area. ADPs. This is a lot. Just leverage versus ADPs and understanding where to get guys ahead of others. I understand. So that makes sense. Um, so it doesn't sound like you have to go bananas with Curtis. This, this is a bad. This is a bad area. This is a bad area. It's like you have the Devonte Parkers, Antonio Browns, Marquise Brown, Jerry Judy. It's like I don't like. I don't. I don't really start liking this group until you get up to the Michael Pittmans, and I, that's when I start getting interested. Michael Pittman and Robbie Anderson and Lavisca yeah, Chanel. I'm not even sure how interested I am in Pittman. Even I, I think you got to be I've a little cooled off on him a little bit. Is it just because Ty Hilton's going back and everything and? Yeah, they were trying to sign all kinds of other receivers. I don't know. I'm not. I didn't like the way he finished the season. I'm not sure. I ever thought pre-draft that he was a pure number one, and then he kind of flashed like maybe he could be. We'll see. Yeah, okay. I, you know, I think that whole that's a tough tier to reconcile. It probably that could all probably be shuffled a little bit at some point when we're not as concerned by just abiding by the ADPs and we've got to make sure we're you know, things tighten up and we got to get the guys we want. But it's to me, Curtis Samuel goes up there. Like, yeah, I think like Jerry Judy kind of area. Okay. What about maybe below Judy? Cause I'm a, I'm kind of a Judy guy, but I would take him over Odell. I think I would take him over Debo at this point. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, with Debo coming back in general, does that just what? You, what about Brandon Ayuk? He did all he he did all his stuff without Debo last year. Do you think it's like we could be getting a little bit high on him? Yeah, I know he's. I just think he's the better player, though. I mean, he's he's more likely to be the one A, or the okay. you know, I, I think he's more likely to be the lead guy. Deshaun Watson, as of right now, we just need to move him down, just underneath, even like. The Ryan Tannehills and stuff like that, just in case he just takes a whole season off. I mean, I have him right now priced in as quarterback nine. I I I have him ahead of Jalen Hurts, Tom Brady, and Matthew Stafford, Joe Burrow, Tannehill. Yeah, I think you move him back. Moving back below yeah. Burrow and Tannehill, even though Burrow could miss the start I mean, of the season. Definitely behind Brady. Okay. Behind Stafford. Yeah, I think Stafford's going to have a pretty nice fantasy season. Bob, behind Tannehill and Burrow? You know who's real low? You you won't say yes to that, so I'll get you down. <laughs> okay. Who is? Uh, I liked Potfather's pick at the end of that damn draft, Matt Ryan. You know, he'd done the math and realized that even if however many people took backup quarterbacks, there'd still be a Ryan or a Stafford, and Ryan was kind of out of sight, out of mind for me. I, I do think Ryan, Matt Ryan is a 4,500-yard, 30-touchdown guy, basically, annually, that seems to be going very late in some drafts. I think he's a guy to look out for at the end of drafts. Do you think, now talking about this whole Ronald Jones thing, I moved Ronald Jones down to, oh, it's right here around this Tyler Lockett territory for wide receivers. And did you see that Tyler Lockett got paid? Tyler Lockett got a $69 million deal this good morning. Good for him. He's a good, good guy, man. Good for him. Um, so at this point, does Ronald Jones still belong in a tier of running backs that includes guys like Kareem Hunt, Melvin Gordon, and the rookie Javante Williams, sight unseen? Do you think Ronald Jones still belongs in that tier, or do you think he belongs in a tier a little bit farther down with guys like Fournette, with guys like Raheem Mostert or – 
James Conner, we don't know where he's going to go. Or- oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think he belongs behind Fournette for sure. And I can't really compare him to the rookie yet. But to me, mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon, no Philip Lindsay. I mean, he seems like he's got a pretty clear path to. Do you like Melvin Gordon better? Than, do you like Melvin Gordon better than Kareem Hunt? I I think you have to like Melvin Gordon more than somebody's backup running back, right? He's no well. Don't call Kareem Hunt a backup. <laughs> you know what I mean, though. All right. Do you I mean, like Melvin Gordon? Might go eighteen okay. t- touches a game easy this year, right? All right. So do you like Melvin Gordon better than Adam Thielen? Yes. Do you like him better than Brandon Ayuk? Yes. Do you like him better than Robert Woods? Yep. Do you like him better than Kenny Galladay for the Giants? I'm not inspired by the Kenny Galladay signing in New York. Do you like Melvin Gordon better than CeeDee Lamb? I think that's just the right spot. What about DJ Moore? That's I have DJ well, Moore. I like Lamb more than DJ Moore. But so you know, Moore I. is one of these guys that like statistically under the surface, it still wasn't like – some huge abomination last year. I mean, this is a quarterback situation. I don't trust Samuel is gone. That's a good point. Uh, I might put, I'm going to, I'm going to put Melvin Gordon up here like this. And then Ronald Jones, I'll get him down here into that same tier with Fournette. And then with now does chase Edmonds with the, on the other side of the, on the other side of the Josh Jacobs, um, situation now that Kenyon Drake has gone to Las Vegas farther south in the desert we have Chase Edmonds who's sitting there with just basically Eno Benjamin behind him and Cliff Kingsbury noted liar for sure but Cliff Kingsbury said that he thinks Chase Edmonds is capable of carrying the load we've seen it in 2019 when he had the opportunities to carry the load he was sensational in 2020 when he had the opportunities to carry the load it was it was shitty. What do you think? Do you, do you think Chase Edmonds belongs at least above these uh, Ronald Joneses and Leonard Fournettes of the world, and maybe up here with the Javante Williamses and Kareem Hunts? I think for now, until we see what happens in the draft, for sure. I mean, it sounds like Arizona probably a team to watch in the draft at the running back position, um, as I don't know who's left in the free agency. Left you know, James Connor is that the only guy left? I mean, I don't know. There's not. I think Lenny was sitting out, but now he's yeah, not. So, Connor. I mean, is Edmonds still is in pretty good shape at this point, man. But you got to think if I don't can't imagine they go running back around one. I mean, they're just, you know I don't think you go. I don't know. Can they go Najee or ATN that early, or maybe they go for one of these second tier guys in round two? Uh, you got to think that Arizona can be targeting a running back in the draft. Yeah, I, I just yeah, but that's good for Edmonds. It's still it's a rookie coming in. I think it's good for Edmonds. And if you think about it, like they're kind of in win now mode. They went and signed JJ Watt. Who else did they bring in? Rodney Hudson uh-huh. at yeah. center. I mean, Hopkins is like thirty years old or something already. Fit, you know, I, that team is they're dude. I think they're in win now mode. So I even if you bring a rookie running back in outside of really outside of, you know, probably Najee in my mind, I don't see anybody there that's going to just get all the touches. ETN so. would get all the, ETN e, 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 would get all the touches over Chase okay. Edmonds, right? Okay. I don't know. We'll see. Where, where do the, where do the Cardinals pick? Let me just, let me just pull this up real quick and we'll just, we'll see. Um, I just wanted to see where their, where their second, where their second pick is. So the Cardinals, pick at because that was my worry with Jacksonville and James Robinson is they pick at 40 they pick at 
like 33 and they pick at 45, which like it seems like prime spots where if one of those runners felt maybe they could swindle somebody there. So the Cardinals pick at 16. And then in the second round, where do they pick? They pick at 49. So do they they only have that one. Yeah, so they only have one pick in the first. I think one, yeah, one pick in the first, one pick in the second. I think that that's going to have to be where one of these guys. So there's no way that they take a running back at pick 16 overall. Absolutely not. Do you think there's any chance that Najee Harris or Travis Etienne fall to pick 49? I don't think they'll fall that far. 